Hello, everyone, and surprise, we've returned. Um, despite the fact that I said we weren't going to release another podcast until after the Euros, we have returned with another uh, special for you here, only a few days after the last episode came out, the finale of Season 2. Um, I'm Gage, your host, as usual, and we're not covering the 2020-2021 season anymore, um, which has thrown a wrench in my intro a little bit, but... Um, we are going to talk a little bit about it today. I'm here joined uh, by my usual cohort, Ethan. Hello, Ethan. Hello, Gage. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. How you doing so far, summer? Oh, I'm. It's been superb. Um, I've just been. I've been working about forty hours a week, so you know it's it's uh. been it's been standard. Um, but <laughs> yeah, not to fear. A, a typical slapcast standard. We do have a guest, and the guest is named Chris. However, uh, it's not one of our previous two Chris's that we've had on. We've completed the hat trick of Chris. Um, so we're pleased to welcome uh, our good buddy Chris Kuchar, who uh, went to went to high school with all four of us. So, Chris, welcome to the show, my friend. Hello, hello. I'm very excited to be here. We've been talking about this for a while. so Yeah, it has been in the pipeline for quite some time. Um, we have just haven't really found a uh, time to do it, mostly my own fault actually because i've just forgotten about it um but we're, <laughs> we're all here together now um so chris uh is a chelsea fan as well um which is is mainly the purpose of this podcast we're going to do uh mostly a chelsea special uh and looking at the season that they just had champions league winners obviously um which i'm sure chris will be keen to point out no doubt mm-hmm. indeed um, you can say it one more time yeah and uh, no, no, I'm, I'm all right thanks um <laughs> we we will also discuss uh, the U.S. national team as well because Chris is an avid follower of the U.S. national team, um, more akin to the likes of Reese and Ethan than myself. Um, but we've got plenty to talk about as well. Quickly before we begin, just a line on uh, Christian Eriksen. We obviously want to wish him the absolute best um, after what happened yesterday. It was scary, scary stuff. Um, I didn't see it live. Did it, did either of you guys see it live? No, I watched it back though, and it was yeah, I did it too. Very rough. It was uh, pretty rough. I got a text from Josh right when it happened, and then I turned it on to see that they were working on him. Yeah, I I was at work, but I saw the text coming through in the group chat, and I was like, you know, I kind of didn't really know what was happening. Um, what are you? What are y'all's thoughts on? I don't know if you speaking on that a little bit more. What are y'all's thoughts on the? You guys hear about like the Danish. Uh, film crews kind of zooming in on Erickson's wife. Yeah. Et cetera. Thoughts on that? Definitely a breach of privacy, I feel like. Especially, I know a lot of Agreed. people in, in the UK are kind of saying that, that the BBC cameras were, or uh, I can't remember if it was BBC or ITV, but they were uh, kind of doing the same thing, not really respecting the privacy, um, which is obviously not what you want to see. Yeah, uh, pretty rough. Respect to the Danish players, though, for building a wall um, around him while they were operating. I thought that was cool. And yeah, the, and was it? I don't know if it was Anthony died. Taylor, the referee. Yeah, yeah, he did a great job too, getting medical out there as quickly as possible, and kind of like assessing the situation and just making sure he was helped as quickly as they could. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think I think in situations like that, literally every second counts. Because um, I think I heard they did CPR on him for like seven minutes. Um, yeah, which is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really. I'm really glad that he's healthy obviously i mean that goes well not i mean you know i'm glad that he's alive um which goes without saying but especially because you know i christian erickson is beloved to me he was my first sort of 
inroads to Spurs. He was my first player that I really, really loved. Um, so, yeah, I mean, big ups to Christian Eriksen, and, and we wish him all the best, obviously. Um, so, from one bit of somber news to another, Chelsea are Champions League winners. Um, mm-hmm. We are. And, Chris, let's let's go back to whenever – let's go all the way back to the beginning of Tuchel's reign – um, did you agree with the firing of Lampard to begin with? Cause I know on this podcast, that particular event was a controversial one. Uh, here's the thing. I don't, I don't know if I, w- I probably wouldn't have made the decision, but I understand it at the same time. And this is Chelsea. We go through managers like it's nobody's business. If you're not bringing in very impressive results, we do get rid of you. So I think that Abramovich had to make that evidently clear to Lampard before he started. I think they spoke on terms, something about giving him like two seasons, right? Um, he'll give him the first season no matter what, but then once the second season comes, the results are on you. And, I mean, if we're being honest, I mean, the results clear, clearly weren't coming through. So, obviously, it paid out very well in the end. Yeah, of, I mean, it's hard It's hard to argue with the decision in hindsight, mm-hmm. of course, but um, I, I definitely thought that at the time of... of of the sacking, it felt like it was Lampard's really first bad run of form as Chelsea manager because the first season, like you say, I mean, it's kind of a free hit because you had the transfer ban and, mm-hmm. um, well, yeah, I mean, you had the transfer ban and then, of course, you sold Eden Hazard and it was sort of just, it was bound to be an, a bad season even though he yeah. still managed to, to secure top four. He did. Yeah, he did. very. I think he, we got third last year. And yeah. He did very well, all things considered. With a transfer ban, all young players, he did a very good job. But obviously Tuchel coming in has proved to be the right decision. Yeah. Real quick, uh, what did you think about, other than obviously you didn't get the results um, under Lampard, but um, my team, Palace, have been looking at a replacement for Roy Hodgson, and Lampard has been like, really high on that list of replacements. So what do you think of him just as a manager, like his tactics and whatnot? Uh, tactically, I, I, there's really not a whole, there's really not too many differences bet- between Lampard and Tuchel, in, in my opinion, but except one huge one, playing Conte in the correct role. <laughs> and playing Conte in the correct role can change everything. Lampard had him pushed up way, way, way too much, more as a box-to-box, whereas Conte, as we know, works a lot better Going more sideline to sideline in front of uh, in front of the defense, which was as you can like our defense did, but beyond Chilwell and I guess the addition of Thiago Silva, I don't think the quality of our defense really uh, increased all too much. I think it was more the implementation of Conte that really was what solidified this new brand of a team that we had. Now going back to Lampard, um, his tactics, like I said. Very similar to Tuchel. They kind of let the players gauge, do what do what they want, where they feel more comfortable. Um, <laughs> but if if I if I had to if I had to highlight one aspect of it, he's definitely a big uh, a motivator. He's he's one of those guys who's gonna get up, uh, pump up the fans, etc. Kind of like Klopp, Klopp's famous uh, game where he did where he did the same thing. Um, he's definitely a but, player's coach. Oh, too. for sure, easily, easily, and he. I mean, he's obviously. A Premier League legend, not just a Chelsea Chelsea legend. So, I think for a team with with the likes of Crystal Palace, I think honestly he'd be a really good fit. Well, that's good to hear because 
Another thing I admire about Lampard is that he gave a lot of young players a chance at Chelsea, and mm-hmm. and we've and we've seen those young players come through Chelsea a lot. Like um, I was able to experience Loftus Cheek at Palace on loan, and um, obviously Reese James and Hudson Odoi and Abraham have all come out recently. Mm-hmm. And so Mount, just, Mount's all Lampard. Mount too, yes. And so um, I'm just really excited about that because uh, one thing about Palace is that our average age was the highest this season, mm-hmm. and so. I'm hoping that if we do end up getting Lampard, we can uh, give younger players a chance and kind of explore that kind of realm of football. For sure, yeah. That's. I mean, I think in terms of uh, of being, like, no offense, obviously, but a bottom half club in the in the PL, right, something right. that your your focus should be on a lot of the time is kind of becoming a Southampton, if you will. I know they didn't have as hot of a season as they wanted, but where you're producing players that you can sell for big price tags because. A lot of people think that uh, in the EPL, contrary to like American sports without cap space, there's really not a, wh- a whole lot of uh, room for smaller teams to move up. But I, th- I think that's actually just the opposite when you can develop such young talents, sell them for greater amounts, and then build your team. Um, I think just like Southamp- what Southampton did, Lampard would be like a very, very good fit in recognizing that type of youth at a smaller club. Right. All right, so hopefully we get him then. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. I, I think I think it would be a good fit. I mean, I, I I've said that from the beginning though. I, I kind of was a, a really I was down on the Lampard appointment whenever he was first appointed, and and, and I thought I was like, oh well, you know, this is going to be a train wreck. Like, because at this point too, I was still down on Solshar. I still don't really understand Solshar. I'm going to be honest. I I think he should be but, gone, in my opinion. But yeah, <laughs> I uh, and I was. This is still kind of in the era of like former players taking over as managers because you had the likes of Lampard Solskjaer obviously was first and then Arteta as well (laughs) you know (laughs) different levels of success shall we say Um, Arteta (laughs) and yeah Reese Reese would come on and defend if he were here Um, and obviously he's not but um, you know we can make fun of him uh, without Reese so that's fine for sure we have (laughs) Um, to that's his fault for not being here yeah, exactly. Um, so, I think one of the biggest things for me that I that I've put together with with Tuchel as far as being a difference from Lampard, especially this season, because last season Lampard, obviously, credit to him for for blooding the youth players and bringing them through, but he was almost forced to do that because of the transfer policy or the transfer mm-hmm. ban. Um, now, of course, it's not easy to make that a success. So, credit credit where credits due, but. Um, I think whenever he did get the capacity to spend, and Chelsea brought in some of these big players like Havertz and Werner, and and the likes of them, from time to time it uh, became difficult for Lampard to manage the amount of attacking talent that he had at his disposal, mm-hmm. uh, and to properly deploy those players. I think, um, which you you still see kind of to this day a little bit with Werner and Havertz. You know, there's still question marks over their futures. Not not in terms of like are they going to leave, but just you know what roles are they going to play at Chelsea, mm-hmm. um, and I think Tuchel has kind of figured out at least a temporary solution, one that worked well enough to win the Champions League and to reach top four as well. So like basically what I'm getting at here is I want to hear your sort of take on all of the attacking options available um, to Thomas Tuchel and kind of how. What my you've, what you've noticed, three. yeah, or just what you've noticed in terms of how he's doing it as well. Who, where do I? Okay, so 
I guess best best spot to start would be with Werner and Havertz, obviously. Um, huge disappointments. However, not horrible players. I think lots of times that can get confused. Um, just because they haven't had as good of a year as maybe we dreamt them up to have doesn't mean they had a bad year necessarily. Um, I don't know. If, uh, in summation of all of it, that that goal that Kai Havertz scored uh, in the Champions League final, for example, the space that he had there, he wouldn't have had if Werner didn't make a run uh, sucking the left back in, right back with him, correct? Like, there's... There's little bitty things here and there that they cause that are still very, very important to our attack. What even even though Timo Werner miss, misses sitters, has more goals offside than any player in the world, he still does contribute a lot. So I think it is not fair in a lot of ways. Uh, a lot of the criticism he gets, but at the same time, when when you naturally have that big of a price tag, you are going to be expected to put balls in the back of the net, and he struggled doing so. Um, obviously, our big target right now, Holland, which if that can come through, I think we're going to be very extremely set for the rest of the year. Obviously, and f- for the for the next several years, hopefully, next decade even. But um, right now, I'd say my ideal lineup with, with who we have is going to be... I'd say Puyasek on the left. I'm biased, yeah. But he, he, he gives the most flair out of any player that I think we have. I think he gives the the best comparison of a Hazard that we've had since Hazard, obviously. Um, Ziyech didn't really have too good of a year, in my opinion. He's kind of quiet. He's very talented, but sort of quiet. So I'd say Pujicic on the left, Werner on the right, or Werner in the middle and Mount on the right. And then somehow if we can put Havertz as an attacking uh, box-to-box mid, like... Um, like Lampard was, I think we'd be set. But like you said, with so much revolving pieces, it just gets very hard. So I don't know. What's your opinion? Well, my thing with the thing I think Hobbards especially came into this season sort of set up to fail almost um, because at, when he was at Leverkusen, the entire system was built around him playing as a false nine. Like, mm-hmm. the entire way they played revolved around him as the sort of linchpin of their system. And obviously, coming into Chelsea, like, of course, there's a huge price tag, and, like, he's he's a headliner, and, and everyone knows he's going to he's gonna be, like, one of the big contributors to Chelsea. For sure. I just don't know that there's really a place in the system that either Lampard or Tuchel played that fits exactly what his preferred position would be. Mm-hmm. And... Even just then, you say, I mean, deploy deploy Havertz as as a sort of attacking box to box midfielder. I mm-hmm. think Mason Mount covers that role already. So yeah, I agree. Here's here's the thing on Mason Mount that, that his interceptions is world class behind Conte. I think okay, this is this is a way out of left field thing that I say about Mount that lots of other people disagree with. I think personally, he might be even better at. A holding mid as a holding mid than he would um, as a winger or even an attacking mid. Would you play his him passing, alongside Conte then? No, I would. It's it's really hard with the with the with the players that we have. I would almost stagger them. And <laughs> this 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 is weird, but I would I would take Conte in the back, put him right in front of our four defenders, 
put Mount just above him and then Havertz just above him and have Pujasic and Werner play back just a tad. Okay, okay. That way, that way we still have a width to our team. But there's, I don't know. It's, it's also hard knowing, not knowing what's going to happen this off season. We bring in uh, Holland or Hakimi would be obviously really huge. So I don't know. It's all up in the air right now. But obviously, I can't. Com- we're, we're the champions of Europe. I can't complain too much off of what Tuchel's done too. Uh, I mean, he outclassed Pep Guardiola, the greatest manager in the world, three. Three games in a row, we beat the. Be- I mean, we're the we're the champions of Europe, but I'm also I'm still humble enough to know that <laughs> Manchester City is the best team in the world, right? And we beat them three times in a row. So, what 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 he's doing right now? If, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if I were the manager, if I was appointed his position, I definitely would play around with uh, maybe holding Mount a little bit lower. Yeah, so I mean that that's that is kind of a t- a traditional sort of well actually it's more modern than traditional but the sort of number six the the four three three with the midfield three comprised of a traditional six a like a traditional eight and a traditional ten um, mm-hmm. sort of you know like you said staggered um, around the well just around the pitch as they're needed really um, mm-hmm. and it's interesting to me too that that. Chelsea are obviously looking for a striker. I think that's been highly publicized. Um, yeah, that Chelsea's We've had number one. So much flops. <laughs> yeah, well, and it, it's interesting to me too that that Giroud has signed a new contract. Um, mm-hmm. Tammy Abraham's future is still, you know, it's uncertain. not looking. I don't think it's looking very good right now. Which personally. is disappointing to me from a neutral perspective because I actually like Tammy he, Abraham. Mm-hmm. I think he brings. He was a our lot. top scorer for a very. He might have finished as our top scorer I in think the Premier in the League. Actually, season he did. Yeah. Like the full yeah. the, the full season under Lampard, I think he was. I it's I guess he just didn't fit Tuchel's agenda. I don't know, but yeah, it's definitely a shame that. And he is still young, so it's hard. It's hard to 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 like crown him as the official, you know, like number nine bona fide Chelsea mm-hmm. striker. Um, all of our almost all of our attackers, apart from Giroud, are very young. So right. it's it's kind of I, I see it in a similar situation as Callum Hudson Odoi. Um, he's. Very good, very young talent, but he's just not good enough to play over some of the other wingers that we have, in my opinion. Right. So, I don't know. It's, well, I would say the distinction with those two is that they can't, they were, they're both Chelsea Academy products, and they haven't had as mm-hmm. much time on the biggest stage to play, to get experience as some of these other guys have. I mean, like Havertz, Werner, Pulisic even, all played at a high level before coming to Chelsea. Whereas Abraham, you know, no disrespect to Swansea or Villa, but that's where his experience came from. Whereas the others yeah. obviously have, have played in the Champions League and, and, you know, competed for titles in their respective countries. So, Yeah, that, may, that that's a great point. I know this this, this uh, season wasn't where Pusik scored his first Champions League goal. These guys have also had other Euro, uh, European experience beyond the Premier League. So, yeah, it's definitely a good point. I don't know. It'll... It just, it really all depends on if we can sign that big striker that we want. I know that I'm, I'm very confident in the fact that Tottenham would never, ever give us Harry Kane's No, I believe he wouldn't sell the, to Chelsea. Although, There's no way. Well, I was going to say, although Sol Campbell went to Arsenal, but then he, that was a, a free con, a free transfer situation, so that's different, but... Um, yeah, I mean, Levy, Le- Levy famously didn't sell Modric to Chelsea and then sold yeah, him. Yeah, ne- Modric 
said he wanted to come to Chelsea. The but... next season, Levy sold him for less to Real Madrid. Yeah, so. I know. It, oh, don't even, my blood boils when I think about that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's tough. Although, I mean, you guys can do whatever you, you want because if we look back to this last season, you are the reason that we are qualified for champions. Yeah, I mean, we, we would have made it anyway because we won, but you're the reason we secured top four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thanks to Well, thanks to a player who may not even be playing for us next season even anyway. Um, yeah, may not. Are, are, what What do you think the odds are he comes back? Um, I think after that last game, that oh, I don't know. I give it fifty fifty to be honest. Wow, that's I, pretty generous. I yeah, I know, but I think the thing is, I I don't think he's gonna play for Real Madrid again. Um, and the the complicated thing about that is that he still has a year left on his deal, mm-hmm. so. I think he's either going to go out on loan somewhere else, which, it, I mean, it, he's, he's made it very public that he, he really enjoyed his time back at Spurs. So I think if he were going to go back on loan somewhere else, it would be to Spurs. But I I do think there's some truth of, in this rumor that he might retire after the Euros. I think that is a genuine uh, Wait, are you talking about Kane or Modric? I'm talking about Bale. Or, oh, are you talking oh. about Kane? Yeah, I was talking about Kane prior. I was like, wait, never mind. <laughs> I was <laughs> no, talking about Bale. Um, yeah, I know he's had his fair share of injury problems. So, Kane, what are the odds that he stays at Spurs? Um, you're actually going to think this is even more insane. I'd give it eighty oh, percent. He stays at Spurs. Wow. And the, not because I don't think he wants to leave. I do think he wants to leave. I just don't think anyone is going to come up with the type of bid that Daniel Levy would accept. And that's the only reason I think, think he's going to stay. Come up. I, I think they the could. I don't we think they could, will. They will. Oh, easy. See, this is why though, because where like, are gone? I yeah, I know. But the thing is, like, most expensive squad in the world doesn't look like they're stopping anytime soon. But their transfer know. policy has always been. If you look at their record signing, though, like, it's only they only ever buy players around like the 60, 70 million mark, though. Like that's that's yeah. still their record You're signing. Right. They just buy a billion of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. They generally don't break the bank for one specific player. Not to say that they wouldn't or couldn't, but it just doesn't. And especially in the economic sort of climate that we exist in now, and City already have to worry about financial fair play because of the whole investigation that just went on not too long ago. Mm-hmm. I just don't see City coming up with a bid that would be satisfactory to Daniel Levy. Not to say that they won't bid for him, but I just don't think it's going to be satisfactory to Levy. Has um, Pat spoken on this at all? I think, um, I mean, he's just given the standard kind of, well, well, he's a Tottenham player, so I can't talk about him. You know, like that kind of mm, thing. Gotcha. So, I know if Pep wants him, he'll get him. They're, the, yeah. I, I know the rumors for them getting, for them uh, paying for Messi back when he had his whole fallout with uh, Barca. Um, I know the rumors for their spending on Messi were was definitely... Well above seventy million. True, so, this is true. Ultimately, if Pep if Pep wants a player, especially the likes of Harry Kane, easily the greatest striker in the Premier League, I think that they will get him. But it's possible. Know, it's highly possible. There, I, I do. I would also say that that is all that that Messi thing was also before COVID and before the financial fair play investigation. That's true. Um, That's correct. So. And I, I'm not. I'm genuinely not attempting to be biased either. Like I'm not saying, oh, well, Kane's not going to leave. Like I'm not attempting to be deluded. I'm. I'm genuinely don't know that anyone's going to stoop up a bid. Um, 
I actually I want to ask you this, Chris, because I, I asked Reese this and, 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 and Josh actually on the last podcast, and they both kind of gave un unsatisfactory answers to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but do you think if Kane goes to City and proceeds to win everything ever, do you think it cheapens the achievement a little bit? Like, do you think it, it's... No, I'm not to say he will win something at Spurs because I think we're a long way off that. But do you think it cheapens any trophy that he could potentially have won if it comes at City? Well, uh, okay. I don't think there are any cheap trophies, but I do think there are cheaper trophies than others, if right. that makes sense. So when, yeah. when If he wins anything at City, it'll obviously be a great achievement. Sure. Regardless, yeah. you can... I mean, we saw in the Champions League this year, City are the better side, right? Like, let's be honest. They're, they're, they had the better team than Chelsea on paper, but at the end of the day, we we still came out on top in right. City, our Champions League list, after being for the last three years, in my opinion, far away the best team in the world. Um, and I, so there are no cheap trophies. However, right. Kerry Kane winning something at Tottenham would definitely hold more weight than it would him winning something at Manchester City. Right. But would he ever win anything at Tottenham? Probably so not. At, so it's exactly so. At the end of the day, a tr- a cheap a cheaper trophy at City is, than is no going to be better than no trophy at Tottenham. Correct. And I, I yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. I I do think. Well, I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I, I I brought this up last time too, and I think that if you look back at at the chances that Kane has had to win trophies with Spurs, like some of the finals and semifinals that we have been in. His record in those games is appalling. It is genuinely awful. Um, hmm. And, okay, there's mitigating circumstances. Like at the Champions League final, he just came back from his injury. And same with the League Cup final that just, just happened. He was just coming off of a minor injury. But still, I mean, I think you have to... There's something to be said that the greatest players in the world take charge of games where things like that are on the line. Mm-hmm. And... I'm not going to criticize Harry Kane on this because he's one of the only reasons Spurs are still even in the conversation for stuff like this. Mm-hmm. However, it is true that he hasn't performed up to par in, in, in the finals that we've been in. Yeah, um, that's. I mean, that's interesting. I didn't know that. So zero goals in any finals. I mean, in the Champions League final, granted, it was a difficult because Liverpool scored in the second minute and the game was dead essentially from that moment on. But he mm-hmm. was—I don't—I think he had the fewest touches of anyone. So Does, could that have something to do with the service he's receiving, though? Like, of if course, he had Kevin De Bruyne behind him, <laughs> would he have more? You know what? If he goes to City, he he he'll score fifty goals in a season in a Premier League season, and I'm—that's not an exaggeration. I wouldn't slide it by him. I wouldn't slide it by him. I really wouldn't. I do think, I, Aguero. How do I? How do I phrase this? Aguero is when I think of a, the face Premier League striker of the last decade. I think of Aguero, but when I think of a better Premier League striker, I think of Kane. If I had to, if I had to uh, have one of them on my team, I would definitely have picked Kane. So it it's definitely something grabbing him. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it, it makes. I mean Aguero has dominated the Prem for a decade, and he's won four Premier Leagues. So mm-hmm. or is it five? Was this most recent one five? I can't remember, but. And he's like fourth all time in goal scoring. So yeah, I mean he's the he's the the poster boy really of the Premier League, 
and it, you can't mm-hmm. argue with that. But yeah, I think I think Kane's the best striker in the world, and I don't I don't even think it's close. I understand the Lewandowski argument, but he plays in a much 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 better team. Oh, one hundred. And his assist numbers are nowhere and near against worse Kane's. teams. Yeah, exactly. And I, I I think if he goes to City, everyone like the thing that's gonna get on my nerves so much. Sorry if you can hear dogs barking. Um, the thing that's gonna get on my nerves more than anything is he's gonna go to City, and the rest of the footballing world is gonna be like, oh my gosh, he's like the best player we have ever seen. <laughs> and all the Spurs fans are gonna be like, yeah, we know. <laughs> we told we, you. We so, tried yeah. to tell you this five hundred times, and no one listened. But for sure, anyway. yeah, that that Lewandowski argument doesn't really hold up so much for me either. I know the whole Farmers League stigma gets passed on around a lot. They're not a Farmers League per se. However, there is definitely a big difference between um, Bayern Munich pressing up against Schalke's defense versus those rainy nights in Stoke. There's, yeah. there's just there's just levels to how especially defense is played in the Premier League. Um, and I I don't think Lewandowski could do what what Kane has done, especially with the the same players that Kane has had around him. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to do you want to touch a bit on Fonseca? Yeah, I might as well. I mean, I suppose um, I'll just give a quick line on him. I think news is is obviously breaking. We just uh, announced uh, Fabio Paratici. I'm going to attempt to pr- pronounce his name correctly. Um, as our new, I think his official title is General Manager of Footballing Operations, which is an absolute mouthful. Um, <laughs> but so he has decided that his first choice is going to be Pablo Fonseca, which of course is in the world of dramatic irony is hilarious because Jose Mourinho signs a contract with Roma and then we take the guy that he's replacing. Um, and a lot of Spurs fans in the public kind of sphere are noticeably upset about this. Understandably too. I mean, I think Chris, you said you would be, you would have been underwhelmed if that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, However, the more I learn about him, the more I think this could actually potentially, I'm not saying it will be, but it has the makings of potentially becoming the sort of new beginning that Spurs have been looking for. Um, because the analytics community really likes him. I, you know, you can say what you want about the nerds behind the computers and, and whether how valuable that is, but the analytics community really likes him. I really like some of the stuff that he did at Shakhtar. Um, I've been learning about some of his systems and how... He likes to, instead of overloading the wide areas, which is kind of in vogue right now, he likes to overload the middle, which has been one of my frustrations with Spurs is that we are so reticent to go through the middle when attacking. Mm -hmm. Um, And he, okay, his record at Roma wasn't great. So he won the double, or he won the double three years in a row at Shakhtar, which is easy to say, okay, well, it's Shakhtar. I mean, they only have one team other than them that really competes um, in the Mm -hmm. Ukrainian league. But, like you said, there's no such thing as a cheap trophy. He is a mm-hmm. winner, and Spurs are not. Uh, and he joined that Roma side that was already in rapid decline, salvaged a season of them, and finished in fifth, and then, of course, finished in seventh this season, which, okay, I mean, Chris, do you want to give your line what you said before? <laughs> about I don't remember exactly what it you was. You said something I, about small club yeah. mentality or something like that. Yeah, it, it's definitely... I mean, everybody. Serie A is a great league, but everybody knows the Premier League is far and away the best league in the um, in the world, uh, much more so than Serie A. And for him to finish in the same spot, I think in the same spot that Tottenham yeah, finished yeah. this year in Serie A, it's. I think it's definitely small club mentality going after that type of manager who's 
unproven with a uh, larger with a larger club. And I think he's been with Roma since 19, correct? Yeah, I think he's been there two full seasons. Yeah, and they f- they finished fifth last year as well. So for for him to not only not break top four in either seasons, but to move down a couple spots, I think. I don't know. I don't in think, mitigating circumstances, because, I might add. In his defense, I think Roma are financially in decline and their squad is aging rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, they are definitely not as good of a team. That's true. And I know Serie A is definitely they're getting they're one of the few leagues besides the EPL, in my opinion. I think La Liga's going their quality is going down a tad, but I think Serie A is getting back um, to a similar point that they were in the early two yeah, thousand. Yeah. But. I don't know. It's I Conte would have in in my opinion would have been ideal, but I don't I don't know if, I, I don't know. I guess that didn't work super well, so I feel like it's almost better to keep looking um rather than take him this soon. I don't know. Yeah. And and look, I, here's the thing though. Is people said the same thing when we appointed Pochettino and he's our most successful manager in the last yeah, I disagree years, with so. I disagree with getting rid of Poch in the first place. I, I think I remember I like Snapchat you and yeah. that happened. You you actually are the reason I found that. out about it because I was walking to I remember this. I was walking to class. I was on the phone with my mom and my phone vibrated and I looked and I I saw a, a Twitter DM from you and it was like, "What do you think of Poch?" And I told my mom, "I was like, I have to go. I think something just happened." You and hung up immediately. You're I like, was like, <laughs> "Poch is more important than you." Yeah, exactly. I was like, "I have to go. Something just happened." Like, <laughs> and then I looked and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I remember sitting in class that day, feeling like I had just gone through a breakup. Like, oh, that's tough. It was, it was sitting down in the shower. Uh, yeah, I understand. literally. I was in Christian scriptures class at Baylor. <laughs> I was sitting there. I was not paying attention. I was just had my head in my hands the whole time, and I was like, "What have we done?" But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I definitely think that that was a bad decision. But I do too. They they were trying to have big club mentality there, and now they're trying to have small club. You gotta find a nice medium. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and the reality is, I don't know if Spurs at this exact moment can afford to act like they have big club mentality. Though that's mm-hmm. the thing. So that makes sense. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to find out. We'll see how it goes. I'm opti- cautiously optimistic, um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, on Twitter, I'm gonna make sure it's known that I'm putting my foot down that I'm pro Fonseca from the beginning, so that whenever mm-hmm. he's inevitably a raucous success, gotcha. I'm gonna, or I'm gonna look like a genius. Yeah. Now, if he, I, I, I could also look like an idiot, but you know, there's a chance that I might look like a genius. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, now- Either way, what, what? Yeah, what's up? No, go ahead. Okay, uh, what are your thoughts on Poch and arguably the, in my opinion, out of uh, the top flight Europe leagues, arguably the most farmers league of them all? <laughs> what are your thoughts on him going to PSG and them not even taking first place? Yeah, well, I understand why he went to PSG because he played there and like mm-hmm. you know I understand that. Um, all I'll say is you can take the man out of Spurs, but you can't take Spurs out of the man. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> that's my oh, entire hey. position on that <laughs> as, a, as a Chelsea guy I was happy to see Lily uh, Lily do well since that's where Hazard's from So yeah yeah, he, he is um, yeah big ups I mean ugh, I don't know I don't know It's it, Sorry, did, did I send you back into spiraling depression just no just at this point I'm numb to it like I'm numb to it all <laughs> so 
Yeah, well, I was going to uh, sort of make a knee-jerk transition a little bit to um, the U.S., who... Chris, you're like loving life right now. You have your your clubs winning, your national teams winning. It's my all... favorite player, two back-to-back trophies. I'm I'm in yeah. a very good mood, uh, yeah. for sure. I'm beyond beyond Chelsea and U.S. Men's National Team. I'm an avid Dallas Mavericks fan. So them Whoa. losing to the Clippers round one, in game seven. Oh. Um, the those two trophies definitely numb the pain numb the very pain. much. I, I, t- I told my dad I don't care what happens with any any other sport for the rest of the year. Chelsea are the champions of Europe, <laughs> so like, what more can I ask for? Yeah. I mean, apart from the United States winning the World Cup, I think that is the trophy that I want from all of my sports teams that I like the most. So I'm that's definitely actually, very happy that's about that one because I think mine would be out of every sports team ever. If I could pick the one that I want the most. It would either I can't pick between it would either be Spurs winning the Prem, not even the Champions League. It would be Spurs winning the Prem, and, or the Stars winning the Stanley Cup. I think. Mm. See, I, I, I want to say Chelsea winning the Prem, but we're like I'm too accustomed. Well, it's to already that happened so much. Old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but it's true. Like, let's be honest. I know. Like, I know. It's even Champions League now. Like after this year with two times in the last decade i don't i don't know if that ranks above the mavericks winning another championship for me but i don't know so are you not a big u.s national team fan (laughs) you just opened a big kettle of fish my friend yeah Um, let's hear this because i'm very interested yeah okay i mean i've talked to you about this a little bit before and i'm sure if reese and josh were here they would be crapping on me already but well, I'm getting ready to. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. I obviously I don't root against the US. I obviously w- want the US to do well. Like I'm not I'm not insane, okay? But mm-hmm. I w- I became extremely disillusioned with the US men's national team after the loss to Trinidad. Um as I'm so sure you gave up on us? Yeah, basically. <laughs> because <laughs> and th- th- what I'll say is that there was already some sewing down. Listen, I hate the MLS. I just want to make that clear. I hate it with a burning passion. I think mm-hmm. everything everything about that league and the way it's designed is incorrect. But that's a whole. That's like I could do a whole podcast on that. But uh-huh. um, I also just think the U.S. Soccer Federation is run so poorly in comparison to every like every other. It, it's hard to compare to Europe, obviously, because soccer will never be huge in the U.S. like it is in Europe. And that's that's oh, just a I reality. Say never. never. I mean, the thing is, though, like soccer will never. Okay, there's a really, really, really good chance that soccer will never usurp the likes of the NFL, the NBA, MLB, even the NHL. I, I, I agree, but I still, but I think with how our athletes are and how um how good we tend to be at sports when we set our, our minds to it as a country, I think if it even comes close, not 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 even surpassing, but if it even ranks among them. I think that we would have the best team in the world just because of how good and just how awesome our athletes are when we really when we really set our minds. Which goes back to how poorly run the federation is because I mean like some of the decisions that they've made like get getting rid completely of the U.S. national team grassroots academies is like why why what's like OD are you talking about like ODP yeah I mean like yeah whenever I was on an ODP team whenever I was whenever I was 11 and I remember when they got rid of it and it was it's definitely pretty rough. It, I mean, it just feels it feels like a backward step. It feels like, yeah, I don't know. And I I've, I've always been critical of like 
it, it it's it goes two ways because like on the one hand I want to see the game grow in the U.S. but on the other hand, I whenever I see selections for the U.S. national team and there's MLS players in the team, I mean it infuriates. When you see Giassi Zardes, you like, want to throw up. It, oh my, yeah, like <laughs> I give a pass yeah, to one player. I give a pass to Sebastian Legette and only Sebastian Legette because he continuously performs well for the U.S. national team. But I, so you're very Burhalter out. I I was against the appointment from the beginning. I don't think we should have gotten I, I rid of Clemson. Yeah, or yeah, Clemson. I don't know why I said Klopp. <laughs> yeah, I wish we could. Yeah, my bad. I'm yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, I wish we had Klopp too. But <laughs> yeah, get your head out of the clouds, man. <laughs> yeah, my bad, my bad. I meant Klinsman. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, if we if we kept Jurgen Klinsman, I feel like we'd be in a lot better spot, especially with the talent that we have. Yeah. Now, but whatever. I think there's a big difference having, like, hey, as good as he was, there's a big difference between uh, prime Michael Bradley and a rising star in Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney right. running your midfield, right. uh, getting those passes. And then Reyna above them, like, it's if we had a nice European coach right now, we'd be in good shape. But he, here's what I say. I agree with everything you just said, but, but at the end of the day, I'm American, so, like, that's the team that I support. I know, and it, it's hard for me to, like... <laughs> it's I can't come up with an you're argument to that. American. Yeah, you're a fake American. Like, <laughs> you darn liberal. You I, darn liberal. I, I, can't, I can't argue with that. That's the thing. Like, I have no logical reason that I shouldn't support the U.S. I just... I can't... And, okay, I will say it's getting better. Like, with... It's getting okay. easier for me to so support So you're a Fairweather fan, basically. Maybe. I mean, oh, so the, the so, thing is, you can't call me a Fairweather fan because I'm, I've stuck with Spurs for through all of this. Like, So you're, you're a half Fairweather fan. I'm a Fairweather national team teams... fan. Let's call that. Right, okay. All right. it, it, it's just, okay, I don't feel the same. After Trinidad, I haven't felt the same passion for the U.S. that I, like, that I felt in 2014. Like, 2014 was, like, the pinnacle of U.S. soccer, which is weird because that squad was mostly MLS players. But that was... <laughs> <laughs> also, before I knew much about that, so yeah, maybe that's the pro- maybe I know too much. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, well, if you, well, if it's because you're a good football fan, then let me introduce you to Chelsea Football Club, and we can <laughs> we can let you be a fair weather fan Shut in up. multiple categories. Um, no, so uh, it's hard. Like my journey with the U.S. has been a weird one. Like, because it, it's hard for me to in my brain, and I don't know, I can't explain this again. Like, this is not logical. I would like to make that clear. Like, this is not logical I, no, I for agree. me, who is usually a very logical person. Like, I can't separate my disillusionment with the way that the Federation is run from the team on the pitch, which is stupid. Okay. But it just, that's the way it is. And I don't know how to, which is even more stupid because Spurs is a disaster off the pitch. Like, <laughs> and I can't explain it. I really can't. And I, I, it's getting better, though, I will say. Like, I think that there are certain things that we're doing right, namely ignoring the MLS when it comes to selections mm-hmm. and selecting people like Tyler Adams, who I think is a ridiculous player. Um, mm-hmm. I think better than Weston McKinney. That's my that's my uh, wow. my hot take, is that I think Tyler Adams is better than Weston McKinney. Um, or at least I think he would be if he hadn't had that cruise shit. I think, mm-hmm. I think his ceiling is higher than Weston's. How about that? I agree. Um, I actually do agree with that. I do think right now Weston's better, but yeah, I do agree I mean, that his and Weston does play for Juve, I, so you know it's. Like, I think I think Reyna's ceiling's higher than Pulisic. I agree with that too. I I do think Pulisic is overhyped because he's been like he's been so talismanic he's our first. 
for the yeah, U.S. He's our first star boy, right? And now that we have several of them, the bias. Yeah, I definitely. It become it. It sort of puts into perspective. It's like, all right, I mean, he's good, but he's not. He's not as good as we all thought he was. Um, Agreed. Which, well, he's still ridiculously young. Of course, and he's a Champions League winner, so you know, there's. It's hard to argue with that. I mean, I. He's another one that I, and this is again hard for me to put this and I don't put this exclusively on him but like I after that Trinidad game I had an opinion for like two or three years that I didn't want to see anyone who was on that pitch in a USA jersey for the rest of their careers and that included him like and wasn't he like 19 though he was 21 <laughs> or 22 I know like I said oh, okay. stupid opinion but I don't hold that opinion anymore Pulisic is one of the only ones I give a pass to if I see Tim Ream in a U.S. jersey again, <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> acquire nuclear launch codes and and Let's like detonate. Okay, because I Tim Ream is like it's a running gag with me on this podcast that how bad he is. But anyway, um, I've talked way too much about this. <laughs> so Chris, be be more positive about the U.S. <laughs> Tell us some things that you like. Well, we beat Mexico. Yeah, that is, is true. Always. The the freaking uh, here like obviously has nothing to do with Mexican people, but I hate the Mexican I national. I hate team the Mexican national team more dude. than anybody ever. Growing up watching Landon Donovan take a corner kick and then Mexican fans fill Ziploc bags full of piss and rain them down on our corner Ooh. flags. That nothing makes me more angry than than those people. Yeah, and to see Puyasek score that PK. And go go. Sh- he didn't come to the- whose fans did he go to? American Americans, fans or Mexicans? But no, he he went to Mexican. Oh, he did. Fans. Did he? He went to Mexican fans and shushed them, finger over lips. Yeah, it was one of the most beautiful sights to see. Like, oh, I can't even describe it. It, was, it made me feel just as good as the cha- obviously Champions League has more weight, but seeing him do that made me feel so good. I'm with you on that though. The one thing that never subsided for me was my hatred of the Mexican national team, dude. I hate them so much, and oh. like. I again, we should make this clear. Nothing to do with Mexican people. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> nothing to do with the nation of Mexico. Like everything's fine. It's just exactly. the Mexican national team. On a pure just, sport uh, term. Yeah, they're horrible. They're the worst people, <laughs> sport wise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting over sport wise. Like for those of you listening who might not like understand, like if we're in Azteca, it's snowing. The they they'll take a battery, put it in a snowball, and throw it down on our players and. That's actually happened open. before, yeah. Like, yeah, it's Josie Outstore. Yeah, hit in the back of the head with a snowball battery. They'll take Ziploc bags of pee, pee in them, and you'll <laughs> you'll look at you'll look at it like it's so barbaric, it's horrible. And you'll look you'll look at it, and they will they'll they'll be raining down like a like a freaking storm of arrows in a Roman <laughs> battle. They're raining down bags full of pee onto our players, and it's just splashing all around them. It's absolutely disgusting. Even even in this most recent Nations League game, Giarena got hit in the head with a water bottle. Yeah, they like to throw trash yeah. too. That's the other thing. It's horrible. And Landon Donovan, Landon Donovan sums it up well. And it ultimately boils down to the fact that in sport sport wise, that's all they have over us. That's all they've ever had. Over yeah, us. that's they true. They, they wouldn't they wouldn't kiss our shoes in any other area. Maybe boxing. Maybe I don't know. But they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to. They're on an Olympic level, they they don't touch us, so and that's all they have. And the fact that we our trajectory is a lot steeper than theirs is right now, although they're still good. 
I think we definitely overtake them in the next five years. And oh, it just just makes me happy. Yeah. I mean that that game was not very convincing for their support and just the national team in general. Because wasn't there an instance where they started booing or like saying an anti like LGBT chant or whatever? Oh, they, I didn't know that. That's horrible. Uh, I didn't know that. I, I think I do know. I do know they all. They all, whenever they whenever we beat them in Azteca for the first time, they were booing their own players. Yeah, very bad. Like if whenever the the fans are almost more into it than the players are in a lot of. Don't get me wrong. I hate the players too, but the the fans who go to those games are often a lot. There's a worse few players that I players. that I can't stand though. Like Javier Hernandez, I cannot stand him. Jesus Corona, I can't stand him. Diego Linez, yeah. I can't stand him. My, one of my favorite clips of all time is Matt Miazga standing over Diego Linez and like, What's, I'm like four feet taller than yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. And Mexican fans' response though, immediate. What I, what I hate about Matt Miazga, former Chelsea player, bless his heart, but whenever Mexico sent a bigger player over, he kind of backed down. Which yeah, I, I know, didn't like, but whatever. I I'm also very confident, like judging by the size of our players and stuff. Like, if, if something ever were to break out. I'm pretty sure we have it handled, <laughs> and which is why the the way honestly we often only beat them off of set pieces just because that like obviously yeah. they're a lot more small and skilled, but we're we're we definitely have a the physicality is is way way up there for the oh, years. It's, yeah it's yeah there's definitely levels to that and I really don't think we played well in that game. The, I, I would agree with that. that. We didn't play. I thought Weston McKinney played well, but Pujic was horrible. Yeah, We're like to take like he scored a PK, or whatever. But he was horrible. That the majority of that game, Giorena played well, but for the most part, our team was literally just not good. Hor- Horvath obviously was amazing, but we were not good, and we the still Ethan the Ethan combination. <laughs> exactly, oh, it was the heart, we the still beat them. I think I think that says a lot, and everybody knows. I mean, yeah, they have Chucky, whatever. Our youth is a lot better than theirs is right now, and it's really it's only up from here. Like, yeah, they're they're definitely maybe right now they might not even be the best the best Concacaf none. And but in five years, I'm extremely confident. That I think right at no this moment, I actually think the U.S. is 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 the best team in Concacaf right now. Yeah, and I, would, I think the only I would thing. Agree. The only thing making that my opinion is the the fact that the the, the tragic uh, injury of Raúl Jiménez, I think, obviously, okay, I, I'm saying I hate the Mexican players and I do for the most part, but Raúl Jiménez, obviously, you don't want to see something like that happen, for um, sure. And and Raúl Jiménez is a class player, and I think with him, Mexico is the best team in Concacaf, but without him, I think he makes that big of a difference that well, the U.S. I is now. Agree. Now the best team in Concacaf for the moment. I 100 percent agree. I'm gonna wait for the. I'm gonna wait for us to qualify for the next World Cup before I make my judgment full. <laughs> yeah, don't want to speak too but, soon. But I think a big area that people are also that people also don't look at is they've been very lucky to have Ochoa and Cole for the last decade. We're they're not they're not a goalkeeper. He's class. He, he I'm is, genuinely shocked he hasn't ever earned a move to like a a, a much bigger club. Oh, than he's I agree. Ever played at he's, like he's he he always performs, but they're not. They're not a goalkeeper nation. The U.S. surprisingly, we actually we've always produced pretty good goalkeepers. Yeah, that's it's true. One the, it's one of the only positions. All, Casey almost Keller, all of them. Like, yeah, Brad yeah, Friedel like, as well. Yeah, we've done we've done very good in that department. Which I mean, I guess if you had to pick any American any uh, American position where we dive at, I would I would guess that one. But 
That is oh, come something on, not Stryker, not Clint at. Dempsey, the Deuce. <laughs> nah, he, I love the Deuce. Not, not Cado, that's a Texas guy. I, love I know, him, yeah. But, and a Spurs boy. He's day. a Spurs boy. Let's make that clear. He's a Spurs boy. Oh, he is? Yeah, he played He played a season for Spurs at Stryker <laughs> and wore the number two, which made me furious. But I only remember as full. I didn't even know that. I just know. I, I just remember that Landon Donovan on loan to Everton. <laughs> that, yeah. that, was, that was a good time. But obviously – goalkeeper we've had stars in other areas or i guess if you even want to call them that we've had great players in other areas but goalkeeper is the only position where i've never worried about ever. and zach stefan looks like he's the real deal too that's, that's man's like he sure he's a backup goalkeeper but he's the backup goalkeeper on the most exp- like i if you take all of man city's their entire backup squad i still say they finish fourth I yeah in the prem, so which is a don't, joke. Don't, yeah, so don't be mistaken. Zach Steffen's a very he's he's doing a really good yeah, job. Yeah, he's it's not like he's backup to some like bum from around the exactly. corner. Like he's backup to one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Like it's On not the best team. Exactly. Yeah. It's so there's there's definitely levels and like in Horvath we saw too. Zach Steffen got hurt. Guess what? We put in another amazing goalkeeper. We're 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 definitely fine there in Mexico. I'm. I'm actually worried for them. What's going to happen when Ochoa is gone? They're going to concede goals. That's what's going to happen. They don't produce goalkeepers like that. <laughs> and how much times he saved them? Yeah, they don't. They just don't produce goalkeepers. Sure, they they'll produce wingers, etc. But they're not going to produce goalkeepers in that fashion. So I think they will be in trouble. And here, let me look it up. How I don't know how old he he's is. pretty. He's got to be like 36, 37. Yeah, surely. I, I remember him since he's thirty five. Yeah, like he's he's old and. I don't know. His career path is fascinating. I'm just gonna I'm gonna look at his Wikipedia page because I like think he's a, he's always been in Mexico, correct? No, he played in France for a while. I know that. Oh, he did. Like he I played see. for Ajaccio in France for three seasons, and then like mm. he played he's for oh, I didn't know this. He see he played for Malaga and Granada in Spain, and then he played wow. for Standard Liège in Belgium, and now he's back at at Club America in Mexico. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's strange to me. Like, whenever he's at Ajaccio, that was when he was there for 2014, like, whenever he was amazing. Like, I'm surprised mm-hmm. he didn't get a big move off of the back of that. For sure. Because Malaga is not exactly the big move I, I'm talking about either. Um, <laughs> but no disrespect. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. He's definitely a fascinating player. He's he's always performed well. I don't know if it's also, like, obviously, I don't, I don't watch uh, any of – the leagues that closely that he's, he's played in. <laughs> oh, you don't watch Ajaccio closely? Come on. Yeah, my bad, my bad. That's <laughs> on me. <laughs> but I, I haven't since I haven't watched him play. All I really know is how he performed. I don't know if he's he's a big game player against the U.S. Yeah, he might or, suck at club level. Yeah, exactly. Like. Exactly. But whatever whatever he does before whatever ritual he's doing before those U.S. games, it's working because he always plays well against us. Yeah, I I. But. I there's like a classic image of him diving in in the world in World Cup 2014, like with the headband and like the curls just flowing. Uh, yeah. Like he's yeah. he's got good hair. He's got majestic hair. I'll give him that too. Um, he's a beauty. He is a beauty. Yeah, but we get we turn this to a sus pod. We go sus. Is it <laughs> sus? No, dude. The other. Oh my! I can't. This is completely unrelated. And I realize we're quickly running out of time for for Chris's uh, well being. Um, but. <laughs> um, a couple pods ago, I said something among us in the intro, and Reese immediately was like, "On to me!" Like I can't say anything now. I I cannot say a single thing. And Reese is like, <laughs> "Like <laughs> calling you." I don't know. 
I don't know about y'all's friend group, but being gay with each other has become the norm in my friend group. It we, is. It's a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, so we're on the same page then. Yeah. All right. Good. good yeah. Good deal. Of good, course. Good, good deal. I think it's the acting sus with the homies I, is literally the. Yeah, it's oh, the number yeah, one thing for sure. Exactly. It's so you know you guys know Tyler right? It's like. So apart from y'all's friend group, I can't really dial down other friend groups in Timber Creek who's been together, like same friend group through and through. You giving away our high school? Apart, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like our, we've known each other for a very long time, same as y'all. There isn't really that uh, many other friend groups yeah. are the same way. We're basically dope. Well, we're I, essentially dope. That's, that's Yeah, we're is, basically you know? better better than other people. That's how I like <laughs> yeah. to do it. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he's the least gay of all of us. And I feel like there's a nice <laughs> there's a <laughs> there's a nice medium in my opinion. If you're too gay then it's like, okay, calm down. But if you're not gay at all, that's equally as suspect. Yeah. Because like, wait a minute, like why are you so scared to, yeah. to kiss me? You know what I mean? You have like, to <laughs> 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 this is not what I was expecting to talk about, but this is true. Like, this is so it's it's like a facet there's, of the bro code. I, there's a medium gay that is appropriate. <laughs> what kind of gay are you? Gay? you yeah, medium what level gay? Of gay? Medium gay. Yeah, you, you have to fill out like a. Are you, like is a it mild or, or medium or spicy? Like that's the <laughs> that's the scale. Boneless are you gay. mild or or you're raging? <laughs> Boneless gay. <laughs> <laughs> But um, hey, if you if you guys ever wanted to blow up blow up your pod even more, you guys gotta take these clips, post them on a on talk. That's how oh you yeah? really on the TikTok. Oh yeah, yeah oh, I forgot to mention, shirt. Chris. We gotta plug you, dude. You you're TikTok famous. Yeah. I, I don't have any videos up. I know. I, I've <laughs> I lost, know. Like, dude, I, lost, I went to like, look for one of the ones that you followers. did with Asher because I thought it was hilarious, and I was like, no, he took them all down. That's so yeah, sad. Yeah, I took all of them. But I mean, if you guys want the account, <laughs> you could have it. Blood. I know the one that you did with Asher, where it was like my first day in Africa or whatever. That's one of the funniest videos I've ever seen. Like know, genuinely. People, it, let's let's not talk about that. People are gonna think we're like first, we're like, yeah, we hate Mexico. And then we're like. <laughs> Him and Africa, they're, they're gonna get the wrong guys. No, yeah, and and we t- we're talking about being gay, like we yeah, literally- <laughs> with all the political arguments I've had in my day. I've- yeah, no, <laughs> look, we we want to we want to be clear, like we we love we love people from Mexico, we love gay people, <laughs> yeah. we love people from Africa. <laughs> hey, we already talked. We especially love gay people. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> no, seriously though, we we. We're we're not uh, you know we're we're full of love. That's what we are. So you have to put a disclaimer at the beginning of this video. Yeah, it turns into to to rabid, or it rabidly declines. Um, uh, you got you got to title this video like "Sussy Bacos." <laughs> I'm gonna oh, you you just guarantee that you're never gonna be invited back on the show again. <laughs> if Reese were here, bro, I wish Reese were here. Um, <laughs> uh, but, dude have me i'll i'll make it as yeah yeah I'm pretty serious about about the sport but at the same time i can i can get it hella uncomfortable we <laughs> we are serious we are serious about having you back on though because we've discussed about um you know next season's plans and how we're gonna have a bigger rotation of guests definitely so and you are someone who uh, briefly had podcasting experience if i'm not mistaken right Oh, don't give me it. For, the politicate. For, we had one pot. We had one post. One, one. one show. Yeah, because I was supposed to go one. on, and then you never, were never happened. But and then I know. I, I yeah. That's one thing that I applaud y'all. Like in all realms of life, consistency 
is the most important thing. Like working out, literally anything you do, consistency is the most important thing. And y'all have been, maybe if even if it's not as consistent as you like, you've been very consistent. Yeah, that's true. So big ups to y'all for that for sure. And it's it. What's been nice, like after moving to college, because like you know we're all busy and during the week we don't always get to talk. Like we, I mean, we text obviously in the group chat about soccer and about other stuff, of course. But like you know, we don't always get to talk face to face or like you know like we are now over Zoom, not Zoom, Discord, whatever. <laughs> like we don't we don't get to talk that much, so it's kind of a nice way to stay in touch too. Because always after the pods, like here behind the scenes, everyone gets a little behind the scenes look. Um, we after, <laughs> after the pod, like two or three hours, sometimes we just stay in the call and, and talk. Like I respect it. You know, so, so, it, so that's what we're talking about the real stuff afterwards. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's when it that's Good when deal. it descends into that's pure what I on, and complete anarchy. Like after Good that, deal. so. Pure fantasy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no. So yeah. I mean, I think uh, I think, gentlemen, unless you have anything, any other um, soccer related, soccer related, any other soccer related points that you would like to make, um, now's the time. Otherwise, I think we we can fairly wrap up this episode. I, I think I'm good personally. Yeah, I'm good too. Excellent. Um, well, we want to thank everyone for tuning in. Thanks to Chris, of course, for uh, for for joining, my friend. It's been it's been a pleasure. Um, it's been a pleasure on my end as well. Yeah, we'll definitely be having you back on um, through next season, where we can actually talk about like ongoing stuff with Chelsea as well. <laughs> um, so that'll be yes, exciting. Sir. So, yeah, and of course uh, we're in the middle of the Euros as well. Keep an eye out for those uh, Euro, maybe one or two Euro podcasts, depending on you know what uh, what comes around. So. Anyway, like I said, we want to thank you all for listening, and uh, we love you all, and it's a goodbye from us. <laughs>